Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. In declaring myself thus, I am fully aware that I will be going expressly against the wishes of my family, my friends, and I hardly need add my own better judgment. In such cases as these, I believe the established mode is to express a sense of obligation. I might wonder why, with so little effort at civility, I'm rejected. And I might wonder why, with so evident a desire to offend and insult me, you chose to tell me that you like me against your will, against your reason, and even against your character. Yeah, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Should her books, though, come with warnings? Trigger warnings. Well, another one of her, no- her, of her novels, Northanger Abbey, has actually been given a trigger warning. And it's for depicting gender stereotypes and toxic relationships and toxic friendships. This is at the University of Greenwich. The novel has been deemed to be potentially upsetting by academics. So, do you think books should come with a trigger warning? And if you're an avid reader, if you're a Jane Austen fan, I'd love to hear from you on the programme today. Like, we're talking about a novel that was released in 1817. And now having the trigger warning attached to it. But look, let me know your views on this. Paul is with us on the line. Paul, do you think that there should be trigger warnings attached to certain books? Hi, Andrea. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, <clears throat> if I think about myself, if, if I'm going uh, looking for a book to read, uh, I either know what I want, what I'm looking for, and if I don't, I go and, you know, browse a bookshelf and look at the back cover and the inside cover and find out what the book's about. If it's about a subject that I'm not interested in or I might find offensive, I'm, just, I'm not going to read it. But the, the, the question really is for the, the, the academics in the universities, like who decides, who sets these parameters and who defines what's an offence and what's not an offence? And where does it stop? Because if something is deemed to be so offensive, um, why is it still on the curriculum, for example? And then if it is that offensive and it's to be taken off the curriculum, what else would you take off the curriculum, like Shakespeare? And then, you know, are you, are you going down the road of, well, we're actually going to burn books so that people can't read them? So it's completely, completely makes no sense whatsoever. Susie, Susie, you're on the line as well. Do you think we should attach trigger warnings? I know we're talking in this instance, it's about one of, of Jane Austen's books, um, Northanger Abbey. But, but what's your view in general on trigger warnings in books? Hi, Andrea. Uh, hi, Paul. Um, hi. Personally, from my experience of this, um, I can only relate to, to my own child who is 12 years of age and is an African boy. And we have come up against not only movies, but books as well through school that 100% need to have a trigger warning on them. And I'm talking about movies like Kung Fu Panda, uh, Finding Nemo, like very child-friendly movies, and also books that are on the curriculum in primary schools that I feel have no place in a primary school. So you think there should even be some trigger warnings to books that are on the curriculum, Susie? 100%. My son uh, read a book uh, maybe two years ago, and the name of the book is Holes, H-O-L-E-S. It was written in, I think it was 1998, and was made into a movie in 2003. 
And it's about um, like boys who go to a delinquent juvenile, uh, like not a prison, but you know, they, they one of them uh, was done for robbery. Anyway, the story is really good. It's a really interesting movie, but it uh, brings up dyslexia. It brings up adoption. It brings up abandonment for children of 10 years of age to be reading this isn't appropriate in a classroom. In a classroom setting delivered by a teacher who doesn't understand the book either. So, like, yeah, 100% we need trigger warnings as, as human beings. Of course we do. That's why the world is in the state it's in. We've never learned. Okay, but but in, and I'm just asking the question, Susie. And I know that you and you talked about your son of, of personal experience of this, so so you know better than I do. But is there a place for? I, I don't know this book in question, but is there a place for it in the curriculum in the sense that I suppose it brings a it brings up social issues that maybe some children in the classroom mightn't be aware of. There is is there a, is there an awareness or an education place for it? Personally, I don't think so. Like, I don't understand why we need books from the 1800s. It's 2023. The world has changed. We have evolved. If we can't learn from new authors, new books, new writings, how are we ever going to move forward? You know, history has taught us this from the past yet we still proceed to make all the same mistakes. Mm, well, that's sort of what's happening in this case at uh, the University yeah. in, uh, of Greenwich that we're talking about because the book that they've attached the trigger warning to, they say it's because it depicts gender stereotypes, toxic relationships and friendships, and it was published back in 1817. And we don't live in 1870. Yeah, we it's live a book of its in time. 2023, so we don't need I, no place for me at all that's you know for gender for for everything as we try to become part of of a new culture how do, why do we have to keep bringing 1800 books up i've never read anything by jane austen by the way so i wouldn't know that's just my opinion mm, okay patrick is on the line as well patrick do you think there should be trigger warnings attached to some novels based on the the content the context of the book Are you there, Patrick? Can you hear me all right? No, we'll come back to Patrick in a moment. I think we've Marion on the line, though, do we? Marion, good afternoon. No, no Marion either. No, we'll come back to Marion, so maybe uh, in in a moment. Paul, like, one of the other points, though, that's been made by people on the text line, um, maybe it is important to have some sort of a well, red light towards gender yeah, stereotypes I mean, the, the, or toxic... The, the, what um what um the other caller was saying there was was uh, valid uh, in certain points um absolutely for pre university so for primary absolutely and then even for secondary school there should be uh, a consensus assessment of what um is taught uh, you know on a curriculum there also should be um you know, appropriate training um, of educators that if they're discussing or presenting material to pupils that may or may not be offensive, that they set a context, that they uh, refer to it, uh, you know, as it should be referred to. So the idea that, like, nobody reads anything by Jane Austen ever again because it's irrelevant doesn't make sense because, firstly, it's classic literature. So if you're writing off a whole, you know, field of study, 
and education, um, then you close a lot of universities. Um, you know, and you have to say you can you can read a Jane Austen book from two points of view. It's it's completely offensive and it has no relevance today, and therefore it should come with a warning or be banned. Or you can read it and say this is a work that was written at this mm-hmm. time. It's an attitude of the time. This society, and look how far we've come. So you can actually celebrate. You can actually celebrate the progress that's been made. Patrick is on the line. Patrick, do you think Jane Austen's novel needs a trigger warning? Um, Yeah, I think think what we're hearing from some of the callers here this morning is a very personal response here. I think think there's a couple of points to clear up. One, the University of Greenwich um, only did this at the behest of the student union body. There was a request by a student to the Student Union Council. It was debated. It was put forward as a motion. It was voted on by students and then presented to the, to the college. So it was a student-led initiative. It wasn't just the University of Greenwich woke up one mm. morning and said, Jane Austen is a problem. Um, second thing I would say is we look at movies, TV shows, um, theatre productions, and they have, uh, you know, over 12s or parental advice all of these things are on it there's nothing wrong with putting a warning on a book as well I think it is better to have a trigger warning for a book than to do what some people on on the, the calls before me have suggested and what they're doing in the USA and other places and banning complete genres of literature because they don't for political reasons like the content of the books and that's a very different scenario you know, books like um, Wuthering Heights, for example, would would have been absolutely um, um, against their time, their era when they were published. Um, and in fact, they weren't published for 100 years after they were written because of the narrow-mindedness of people at that time. And we were only able to talk about them 100 years later. I don't think any book should be censored because of the content of the book. But just to let people know there are some themes, attitudes and um, some subjects that are not um, deemed of this time talked about in the book. I think it actually helps people to read these books a little bit more once they try to understand, Okay, well, there's uh, things about gender norms in this. What was it like 100 years ago? Mm. Has it changed today? But toxic toxic friendships and relationships still exist in 2023. That's not well, something confined to 1817. Well, every single evening on the television, um, people look at soap operas for their toxic friendship and relationships, and they're thriving, and people love them. Um, so I think the, the fact that they exist is a, is good that they're written in, in books, but just, again, it's students themselves who asked for this. Mm. Not academics, not lecturers, and not, and okay. not the admin. Okay. And I think that's a good thing with students today who we all know are suffering from all kinds of mental health issues. If they're taking the action themselves and saying, hey, we prefer not to just stumble across this in a book, give us a heads up beforehand. I can't see that being anything but a positive thing. Do you agree with that, Geraldine? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that, gentleman. Um, I think that... Uh, there's a huge amount to still be learned from these books. Um, you know, I still very much identify with, um, you know, 
when I look at, say, Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice, and I look at the way her life was so confined, a, a very intelligent woman who made the best of, say, her father's library, but who was confined by society. I can look at my own situation, where I'm single, childless, great career, my own life that I can fully control. I didn't have to get married at 20. I didn't have to be considering the financial situation of a man that I, I was being courted by. And I look now at my own freedoms and I can totally, uh, you know, appreciate them all the more for knowing what it was like in 1817, you know. And if you look at Jane Austen's life herself, you know, the confinement that she had of an incredibly intelligent woman who couldn't even publish her books under her own name when she originally published them. You know, so you can really learn a huge amount from them. And, you know, it's, I personally I think it's a safe way of learning of toxic friendships. But is there not is there not a place though then Geraldine to like sure surely if somebody I'm just thinking now how this plays out somebody decides today you know whatever I'm heading on holidays want to get a book haven't never read Jane Austen before they go down they pick you know Northanger Abbey or whatever any any of her other novels off the shelves surely you read that in the knowledge that you know like it's now 2023 you're you're not do you know oh, what, do you know what, you read it everything. in a totally context different way. Everything. Even, you know, context is everything. When you understand the context in which, it's like when we read, say, even the gospel readings at Mass, they are in many ways highly contrary to women's interests. But when you understand them in the context in which they were written, the world in which they were written, it informs you of what the context of that writing is. And that's very important. And it's important for us to learn how far we've come as a society. And I'm sorry, but if you think Jane Austen should have a trigger warning, you should turn off your television and turn off your phone and turn off the internet. Because believe me, it's minimal compared to what children Mm. can see online every day, you know. And the story itself in Pride and Prejudice is so fascinating, you know. I mean, I read all sorts of stuff. I mean, I remember my father confiscating two books from me that I had taken off the bookshelf. And he said to me, what are you? I was only about eight. And I remember him taking them off me and saying, where did you even get these books? Yeah, I <laughs> you know. are not reading You're them. You're not reading but, those. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I learned a huge amount. And, and, you know, you read a lot about things that are outside of your experience in order to inform your life going forward. You know, you you read. You have to read what's outside mm-hmm. of your own experience. You can't put a trigger warning on a book because it's not something you'll experience. Or, you know, of course I was frightened reading that book that that previous lady um, referred to, Holes. I actually read that book Did myself. You? Yeah. And I mean, of course, I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. And what a terrible life and so on and so on. But that was not an experience that I was having. It was an experience I was reading about. And so it expands my idea of what it must be like to be in that situation, to put myself into another mindset, to be able to be empathetic about people who are in that situation. If you're actually triggered by those things, aside from maybe it actually having happened to you, Really, you need to be asking yourself a lot more questions than what I should be reading. Susie, you're still with us, aren't you? Or yeah, are you still yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you agree with Geraldine's point on that? Yeah, uh, it's. Well, I'm coming from a very different perspective with this book holds because I have to bear in mind my son, and as a young person, I'm protecting his best interests. Ask me the question again, do I want my son at 10 years of age to read holes? No, mm. I don't. Mm. Because it is offensive 
to be in a classroom of white children and be the only black okay. child in the person to read this book. But that's the perspective I'm coming okay. from. I completely yeah. hear that's... what everybody else is saying, but that's, that's, that's as a mum, that's where I'm Your coming view on from. It, yes. And I have other children as well, but that's where I'm coming okay. from. Okay, no, fair enough. Fair, um, quite a lot of you yeah. getting in touch with us actually um, about this and, and texts as well. James in Waterford says, if we're going to go down the road of putting warnings in books, should we put a warning on the Bible um, as well, for instance? Um, another listener, Jane Austen, was fine up until about 15 minutes ago before social sanitizers became a thing in our society. We're creating a cotton wool society where none of the kids are prepared for the realities and complexities of real life. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about the um, Jane Austen novel, Northanger Abbey, which has been given a trigger warning by the University of Greenwich um, for depicting gender stereotypes and toxic relationships and friendships. And we've been asking you for your thoughts on this today. Do you agree? Do you think other books perhaps should come too with a trigger warning? There's been a lot of reaction to this um, from listeners. This texter, Sharon, I hated Pride and Prejudice in school. Too young to get it. I picked it up, though, in my 50s and I love it. The trigger warnings are too far. Can people not think for themselves anymore? What's next? We'll have trigger warnings and paintings. Uh, perhaps we need a trigger warning in the Bible as well, says another listener. Sharon is, or sorry, Suzanne is on the line. Suzanne, do you think we need a trigger warning in some books? No, not at all. I, I very much concur with the last two callers. I think, you know, we should be far more concerned about sanitising what children can view online and books. I think it's a bigger challenge now to actually get children to read books. Um, I have three girls. I have a nine-year-old, um, a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old. And I say the 15-year-old, who is a fantastic girl, she's starting her mocks and her junior search. I say outside the book of her curriculum, she's probably read three books. And it's because it's this such a struggle to get children to read books. So I think that's a much bigger issue than instead of trying to sanitise and tell people what to think. Um, that's my own experience mm-hmm. um, anyway, you know, um, and I think somebody else dictating, and uh, one caller mentioned about protecting young kids from subjects like dyslexia and adoption. You know, I think that's where they learn about life and they can learn about topics and then they can ask their parents. Those those aren't topics that are inappropriate to be discussed with a 10-year-old. I think they serve to educate 10, 11, 12-year-olds and ask parents questions and learn about the world a little bit. The idea of gender stereotypes, toxic relationships and friendships, like just as a parent of three girls, Suzanne, are, are they like, how do you talk to them about those topics or subjects? Or would you like them to read about that in books? Maybe not Jane Austen, but in other novels or like, how, how do you I suppose do you learn about that? Um, again, um, my two little ones are probably, and I've got one dyslexic girl, so haven't um, it was just a monumental occasion to get her to read a book at all, and she and she does read books. And you know, books are fantastic. And you know, they, it inspires them to ask questions. It inspires them to learn. Um, you know, toxic relationships. That's a subject that comes up anyway. Comes up in school if hmm. you know there's conflict, or and we we talk about these things around the dinner table. You know, but I, I you know, again, I just telling you know parents. I mean, I think with teachers and education, there's already guidelines there you know um in terms of you know all of these books are reviewed before they go in the curriculum so we can't sanitize everything from everybody all of the time and again 
colours have brought this out already. I think sanitising, you know, online and apps and social media platforms is a much bigger issue because they're taking the children away from the books. Um, and I've just been an avid reader growing up myself. My dad took us to the library every week to get mm. our books. I think we should be more concerned about how do we get children to to read more books and get them off their screens. I, I also think as well, though, like... I, I'm, I'm not convinced about this, to be honest, personally, you know, because I, I just think aside from the fact that I don't know, does anyone heed trigger warnings anyway? You know, if it comes on before a Netflix series or, or it's on the front of a book. Uh, yeah, I do think guidelines, some type of guideline. And, but I mean, the, the back of books already does this. It tells you there's always a descriptor. It, you know, it, it mm. gives you those descriptors, give you a good sense of what's in the book. Um, but I don't think sanitising young children from every single topic, such as, um, I think, you know, the caller mentioned just the two, dyslexia, and, um, you know, the more people that understand dyslexia, the better. Um, and I can say that having a dyslexic daughter um, and things like adoption, I, I, you know, I don't know why you want to protect a 10-year-old from the issue of adoption. Um, I think, you know, kids find it hard to understand what it is. And I suppose um, it's maybe the, the age appropriateness, I suppose, in in the case she was talking about. But I, I think as well, it's the fact we're talking about a book from 1817. You know, I, I just think anybody reading it in, in this day and age is reading it, I would have imagined, uh, with that in mind and the fact that it's a book from a different era. They're, lear- um, they're learning about these things from their history books anyway. So... They, I think children were underestimating children. They have the ability to put things in context for themselves and to understand what it was like. And, you know, it, it's good. I mean, as I said, they, they do history as a subject in school. Mm. And, um, but it's not, and it's not even school we're talking about, Suzanne, because this is at, even at university level. It was the yeah. students yeah. in the university, I, you know, I, that I, that um, are looking looking for this. Let me talk to Marion as well, Suzanne. Marion is with us in Dublin. Um, do you see the positives of these trigger warnings, Marion? Yeah, I can, absolutely. Um, like, a, a trigger warning is just like a little notification of, uh, to be aware of, like, the content that uh, is, is the, in the in the book, if this is the case. And um, so, like, you know, uh, we're talking about a Jane Austen book that is set in, like, uh, Edwardian times and uh, stereotypes and all of these other things that are mentioned in the uh, trigger warning are, um, it, they're very skewed uh, compared to how, how we see these. Uh, situations today and so like <clears throat> uh, just I'm, I'm just like imagining a young person reading a book uh, talking about toxic relationships in, in the trigger warning and um, they're experiencing similar things to a character in the book and the character is very relatable and seems really strong and um, but uh, is is dealing with the, this toxic relationship because it's part of society to be on the norm at the time and then this person today might be reading the the uh, the character situation and relate and go, oh, my, my relationship's like that, but it seems quite normal and this character is handling it very well. So, um, yeah, so it's sort of, it's it's reflective perhaps for somebody reading it of their situation. You're saying that they can see examples of that in their own situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and I think if there's a trigger warning at the beginning of the book saying that there are examples of a toxic relationship here, it might just allow that person to think twice about what's going on. And they will actually probably head into the book expecting things to, um, you know, with a few little bells and red, red flags along the way. Um, and if, if that trigger warning isn't there, then like you say, they might be in a similar situation and, um, or like a general situation and, um, I think it's quite normal, except just because they relate to the characters in the book. 
Do you think trigger warnings would put people off reading a book? Well, like I'd say the only way it would put people off reading a book if the, is if they know they have these issues and they're not ready to address them, which is totally fine as well. Um, so, but, you know, uh, it might actually draw some people to the book that have certain issues that, and um, it, it could help in some way to, that they can see that this, this, is, uh, this is not really um, healthy. Uh, these kind of situations as well. But if it does turn somebody off reading a book, um, I, 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 I don't really understand how, uh, uh, how that would benefit them and why it, they'd find that offensive. Personally, I don't, I don't think that it should really turn somebody off a book, but I understand that it might for some people. Would you like to see more trigger warnings on other books? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I do. I do think this is definitely a step in the right direction because it's just a, a little uh, notification uh, for people to be aware of what it is, what the content is, um, and awareness around the subject matter uh, in the content. So, like, awareness obviously is, is really valuable. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a step in the, po- uh, in the positive direction. Um, I don't think there's... there's any harm in this, there's nothing, I, I don't see anything negative about this direction of going. Okay, Marion, thanks for, for joining us. This texter says, I think any reasonable person would agree that we should read books from the past so that we can look at the mistakes made in the past and move forward. We should and will, and I'm sure continue to read old work. And the universities are in the business of dissecting them, analysing them, and part of that can be a prior warning on the content before it's delved into. Cleona's on the line. Cleona, do you think we need trigger warnings in some books? No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> simple as that. I have to say, I think the whole debate, though it has some merit, is absolutely ridiculous. It's a waste of time. I am shocked that these students, I don't know the background story, but brought this to the attention of the university, uh, wherever, um, I think it was Greenwich, to look mm. into this. There are far more important things happening in the world. And I think we're living in a very peculiar time with all this navel-gazing. That Too much molly-coddling uh, going on. Sorry? Too much kind of molly-coddling. Exactly. Snowflakes. <laughs> wrapping children in cotton wool. I mean, for God's sake, the beauty of wonderful, old, classic books where you get experiences you never will in life today. I do not know what's going on. I think there's some kind of a hidden agenda to disrupt and have children questioning their gender at such a young age. And the outcome of that is going to be very worrying. Yeah, well, but look, like obviously that, that, that is, and you know, there, for many children, maybe, you know, it, it probably would pose a difficulty for them, uh, for many children maybe that are, are thinking about that or looking at that or feeling that way. But I suppose for, for me, the bit I thought, whatever about the gender t- stereotypes, it was more the toxic relationships and friendships. Because, you know, th- that still very much exists. I think in pretty much in every, probably every per- every person has some experience of that in today's age. So... Yeah, I don't know. Look, let me know your thoughts on this. 53106, do you think we need um, trigger warnings on books? Not just Jane Austen. I know we're talking about one of her novels in particular today, but in general, do you think we need them? And do people heed them? Like if you pick up a book today and there's a trigger warning of whatever description on it, does it actually put you off? Will you put it down? 
and not read it because of that. 53106 is the number. We might come back to this a little bit later in the programme. Uh, Robin Kilkenny says, Trigger warnings. It's a very vague term. Higher education is about challenging ideas and debate. The books should trigger that rather than student emotion. Studying history at university, I had to read the text which contained horrendous acts and war crimes, but that actually promoted debate and a search to understand the context and situation. I think trigger warnings on Jane Austen novels makes absolutely no sense. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.